Hello everyone and welcome to Cookie's Candid Conversations. This is Cookie White and this podcast is constructed to give honest suggestions rooted in scripture to pump up your day with encouragement and fill your life with a little positivity. Before I get started today, I just want to thank all of you. I know that I put on the podcast the last time that we were in the process of having our new little granddaughter come into the world and she's here. Miss Luna Elena Shore was uh, born on the 28th of November and we are just delighted. We've been over there, we've cuddled with her, we've held her, we've kissed on her and she is just a precious little miracle of God. So thank you very much and when you get this podcast I will try to put a picture on the email that I send out that you can get a little glimpse of what she looks like. But thank you very, very much for praying for my daughter and our new little grandbaby. I thought that probably for the next four weeks, I would talk about different elements of the birth of Christ. It is December. It is the month, the birthday of Jesus. So I thought that I would just do a little bit of study or talk to you a little bit about some of the things that I've taught through the years about the birth of Christ. How many times have you read through the various accounts of the birth of Christ? I would dare say you probably do at least once a year, right? If not in your home, then probably by a pastor of your church or maybe a Bible and life teacher. I've taught about the story of Christmas during several Decembers, trying my best to come up with a different way to recount a very well-known story Sometimes by doing this method of study, we realize that there are many facets of the story we never thought about before. Could it be due to the fact that we put our hearts and minds on a sort of lethargic automatic mode because we've heard it all before? As I contemplated how to present this podcast today, I'm returning to scripture found in Luke and read it from the version I grew up hearing, the King James Version. And then I want us to look a little deeper into the scripture this entire month. I'm going to be reading Luke 2, 1 through 4 from King James. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. In Micah, the fifth chapter, the second verse, an Old Testament chapter, there was a prophecy that was made about this coming child. And it says there, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Hmm. That means Jesus, the Son of God, the one that had been foretold that was coming, needed to be born in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph were currently in Nazareth. So, all of a sudden, we need a taxation done, and everyone needs to return to their hometowns. Thus, Joseph had to take very pregnant Mary 
and go all the way to Bethlehem. But that had been designated long before they went on this journey because the Christ child needed to be born in Bethlehem according to scripture and prophecy. So he takes his wife, a very, very pregnant wife, and starts on his journey to Bethlehem. Now I want to tell you a little bit about this journey. Bethlehem is five miles south of Jerusalem. Nazareth is north of Jerusalem. That's approximately a 68.9 mile trip. Now, before you think in in your mind, well, that's only a 90-minute drive, let's remember they're traveling by foot with a donkey and a very, very pregnant woman. There were two routes, actually, they could take to get to their destination. The first one, the shortest one, this one, 68.9 miles, would have them traveling through Samaria. This is a terrain full of hills and hostile Samaritans who didn't particularly care for the Jews. Plus the added fact that having Mary walk up and down hills and Joseph pulling a donkey, well, they decided to go for the second route. That particular route would be safer, more comfortable, but more distance. Probably this one was southeast through Jezreel Valley and east of the Jordan Valley. And although you need a map to follow this frame of reference, they would go south to Jericho through the Judean desert to Jerusalem and then arrive in Bethlehem. Total distance, hmm, 90 miles. Scholars have predicted this probably would take four to seven days. Not an hour by an air-conditioned car with comfortable leather seats. And Mary, she's at the point of delivery. I don't know about you, but when I was ready to give birth to child number two, she was coming fast and I couldn't even stand being in the car going over small bumps. I can't imagine riding on a donkey and enduring that hardship. But God provided Mary with the ability to sustain that trip so scripture would be fulfilled. But isn't that just like our Father in heaven? He takes a little town called Bethlehem, whose Hebrew name means house of bread. And that's the town in which the bread of life would be born. There is so much significance surrounding the entire birth of Jesus, where he was, where he was born, those that got to hear about the birth, the journey itself. There is so much, so much, oh, I call them golden nuggets in this story. But Bethlehem, even the place of Christ's birth, teaches us about the nature of God Almighty and what he does for us. But we have to come to the conclusion today and ask ourselves, there was no room in the inn once they get to Bethlehem. They had to be put in a barn, in a stable. You know, I just wonder what that foreshadows about the Christian faith in today's society. Do we have room for the Son of God in our homes? in our ends today? Or do we continue to hear mounting evidence of how this story just cannot be true? God having a son, and then to top it all off, he allows that son to be crucified for the sins of the world. Who in the world does that? What are people missing today with that explanation? 
How do you answer that question? Because it far outreaches the human carnal mind. We have no grand explanation because it far exceeds us because the love God has for us is far greater than any love we've ever known. We couldn't give our own children up to be crucified. That's a human love. But God's, man, it's agape. It's a love that far exceeds anything we could ever know. And Jesus, being born in that stable, humbly, and then to be offered as the perfect Lamb of God, who will take away the sins of the world. Thank you guys for joining me today, and I hope you stick with me this month. We've got a lot of things to talk about. There's still more to come. But may God bless you as you prepare for this Christmas season. The one thing I can say for you is don't get wrapped up in all the wrappings and all the gift giving and all the many, many things that we think we need to do in order to have a grand Christmas Christmas is all about Jesus and celebrating his birthday. That's what started it all. It's not about Christmas trees. It's not about Christmas gifts. It's not about fancy food or a big table or a lot of people. It's about worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks, guys. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day, and I pray you will be with us through this season and through these podcasts, and may your name be honored and glorified as never before. Fill us with love that we've never had before to help fellow man through this month, and may it continue in 2022. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you next time.